0: Welcome to Human Resources for Small Business, where we discuss HR best practice, hot topics in HR, HR strategy, and employment law changes that affect business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, watch videos, or contact us. Thank you for listening. like to welcome Lacey Halpern to the show again. Uh, Today we're going to talk about PTO versus vacation. Welcome, Lacey. Thank you, Brandon. Okay, so Lacey, first of all, can you define what PTO or what the PTO bank is compared to vacation and sick leave or personal?
1: Sure. So PTO um, is an acronym for paid time off, and a lot of employers are choosing to move from the traditional sick leave and vacation time to one all-encompassing bank that they're calling paid time off or PTO. The difference is that paid time off is exactly what it sounds like. It's time off away from work that's paid and employees can use it as they see fit. So they might use it for a planned vacation that they have with a the family, they might use it for sick time, they might use it for personal appointments that they have that interfere with their work day. The difference between PTO and vacation time is that employers that are really following their vacation policy are just using vacation time for vacation. So employees that are sick, if they've exhausted their sick leave time, sometimes they're having to tap into that vacation time and that's where employers are finding there's a lot more ease in just tracking one bank of time rather than these two other ones and then letting managers and supervisors decide, how do we handle it if somebody uses up one but has additional time left off in the other? You'd also ask about personal days. Some companies will choose to have a personal leave policy, especially if they're smaller and they don't qualify for Oregon family medical leave or the federal family medical leave. So they'll say, we're going to allow our employees to have additional time off beyond the PTO, beyond the vacation or sick time, to handle things like emergency situations where they have to maybe leave town to to care for a family member, or maybe they've got personal circumstances that are keeping them out of work. And
0: do you find that these the personal days are actually kind of on a one-off basis, or is it, a, is it available to everybody?
1: It should be available to everybody, but there are certainly going to be times where an employer might say, it really causes us an undue hardship. Maybe it's a certain time of the year where there's a product that's coming out and it's really busy, and it's impossible to have that employee out of the office. What's important is that you look at what you've done in the past, that you're consistent with how you're applying these benefits to all of your employees and making sure that employees are educated about what's available.
0: So a lot of times, the whether you're doing a PTO bank, um, a vacation policy, you're going to have these hopefully listed in your handbook so that it's, it's clear
1: exactly. for all employees. Right. It would be listed in your employee handbook. You'd make sure and note what types of employees are eligible, so oftentimes an employer will put that maybe just regular full-time employees are eligible for the benefits. They might include that a part-time employee is eligible on a prorated basis. So if they're only working 40% of a normal full-time work week, they get 40% of the benefit that a full-time employee would get with regard to vacation or PTO. Um, And you might not include these benefits for people that are temporary or interns, different types of classifications. So you'd want to include in your handbook who's eligible and then how the policy is applied.
0: In addition, let's say there's an, an employer who chooses to do a PTO bank, Are there other days off that they can offer? We mentioned the personal days off, but are there some other things that I know I've heard the term floating holidays Mm -hmm. before?
1: There are. So a lot of employers will put in their handbooks and they'll offer as a benefit, usually about six to eight different holidays that are pretty nationally recognized. In addition to that, some employers choose to say, we're also going to grant floating holidays. And what they note is how many of those there are. So a company might say, we're going to give you your birthday as a floating holiday. So... During the year, whenever your birthday is, you get to take that day off as a floating holiday. If it falls on a day that you're not normally scheduled to work, maybe that same week that your birthday's in, you get to take a day off. And that time then doesn't get deducted from your paid time off or your vacation time.
0: I heard you say that the advantage really to the PTO bank is tracking. Mm -hmm. Is that why a lot of employers move to the PTO bank versus just trying to separate everything out?
1: I think it is a big benefit that there's only one bank to track. I think it's also helpful for supervisors to be able to plan things. So um, it takes a lot of time to determine why an employee is absent, which bank do I pull it from? What happens is if the one employee misses a lot of work for sick time, they exhaust their whole sick time bank. And then maybe they do really get ill. Well, do I allow them then to take vacation time when that's not what the policy says that it's for? It says that it's for planned absences, but I feel bad for this person. And so PTO kind of makes the choice a bit more objective and supervisors and managers aren't having to make these decisions on a one-off basis. If you miss work, you use your PTO. If you exhaust your PTO, then that time off is unpaid.
0: With with PTO specifically, do you find that a lot of employees will be proactive in terms of telling their manager, I'm going to be out this day? Or what happens in the case of being sick, actually? Obviously, they can use their PTO bank if, that, if that's all they have, but you know, is it, um, would it create conflict, I guess, since it's not specifically for sick six-time?
1: I think that it could. Um, the whole point of the policy is that if an employee misses work regardless of the reason, they can use their PTO. Now, if there's an employee who has excessive absenteeism, we may look to our progressive discipline policy to say, this is a pattern that's showing up and you're continuing to not follow the call-in procedures, you're not providing us advance notice. Now, we understand that you have paid time off available to you, but what you're doing causes a hardship on your coworkers, on our customers, on the business, and we're going to have conversations about that. And so an employer may choose to even discipline an employee because they're using too much time off and they're not following what the policy says. Usually it will say, we'd like you to provide us with at least a week or two weeks' notice for paid time off requests, um, certain Circumstances we may allow you to give less notice than that. We certainly understand if somebody wakes up in the morning and they're ill, they can't necessarily provide us a lot of notice. So it's important for an employer to be really understanding and just make sure that supervisors and employees are educated about what the benefit's for and how they can use it.
0: Employers who are currently in the situation where they have vacation, sick, uh, personal days, they have that separated and they actually want to get to a less complicated tracking system like a PTO bank, how would they go about doing something like that?
1: Well, it's important to think about the timing of that transition. So a lot of employers that choose to make that change will make the change effective like at the end of the year going into January 1st.
0: So it's a clean break. Exactly,
1: right. And so they might look at saying we allow employees to have, let's say, 10 vacation days a year and five days of sick time. We might look at allowing them to have 15 days of PTO. A lot of times employers will allow an employee to, if they, let's say, resign their position, they might pay out their vacation time to that employee upon their separation. Most employers won't pay out sick time. Most employers will pay out PTO if the employee gives good advance notice that they're resigning. So something to think about there is that if you're used to paying out, let's say, if the full amount is 10 days and now you're increasing it to 15, it's something to think about, that if somebody had that full 15 days, your policy is to pay it out upon termination. You would need to follow that policy. In Oregon it's not required that you do that, but if your policy says we pay it out upon termination, you have to follow your policy.
0: What about for somebody who like myself they they with PTO they hold on to it mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. and they have no reason to use it. Mm-hmm. I like to work, so mm-hmm. I'm here all the time. Mm-hmm. What happens if I get to a point where I accrue or earn so much PTO Uh, Could it drop off potentially? And what are the implications to that?
1: Yeah, it might. I'm a lot like that too. I'm at work and I don't take a lot of vacations, so my bank is usually pretty full. Employers that allow employees to carry over paid time off and don't say at the end of the year, it's a use it or lose it. Some employers say that Mm -hmm. because they really want to encourage people to take time off, take care of themselves, rest, relax. They may say, you know, we're going to let employees carry over maybe two years worth. Of PTO, They might say you can carry over one, one uh, week of PTO. So 40 hours of PTO. So you can use as much as you can. If you've got 40 hours left, you can carry that. Anything else, you so lose.
0: So part, as part of your compensation, you have three weeks a year. Mm-hmm. You get to the end of the year and you've only used two weeks, you can actually carry over that one extra week? If the but, policy says so. But if you start accruing over that forty mm-hmm. hours, then it would start dropping off. It would is that, okay Yeah.
1: And so a lot of employers that do PTO or vacation on an accrual basis typically let employees carry over because is it really fair to let an employee accrue vacation time in the last pay period of the year, but then take it away from them because it's December thirty first? It's not really fair. Employers that choose to use a drop-in method, so they drop it in January 1 or on the employee's anniversary date, we see a lot more often that those are employers that either put a cap on the amount that's allowed to be carried over or say you can't carry any over. The thing to think about there is that if you do it on an anniversary basis and somebody's anniversary is, let's say, November, so you drop in two weeks in November, telling them that they have to use two weeks by the end of December, is also not very fair.
0: Since we're on the topic of accrual, how is PTO actually earned?
1: Depends on what your policy says and what makes sense for your company. Some companies will say January 1st, we drop in whatever it is that the annual amount is. You have till the end of the year to either use it, we'll let you carry over a certain amount. Some employers will do accrual per pay period. So if it's three weeks a year, we divide that out by the number of pay periods that you have, and that's how much gets added on to each of your Um, Paychecks, um, it's nice to be able to communicate to employees where they're at, too, with regard to the amount of PTO or vacation in their bank. So some employers will actually print that on an employee's paycheck. They can see what their balance is. They're not having to ask for it all the time. Plus, you're constantly reminding them that they have it available, we want you to use it, and you're encouraging them to take time off. Um, Those are really the two most common, either a drop-in on January 1st or an anniversary date, or an accrual method per pay period.
0: Hypothetically, let's say I have 24 hours of paid time off and I go to my manager and maybe this person doesn't know how much paid time off I have, but I see it on my paycheck and I decide I'm going to take four days off next week. So I actually go over that amount. Mm -hmm. What ends up happening in that situation?
1: Well, it really depends on what you've done before. So you're talking about kind of going into the negative, right? So, an employer that allows employees to go into the negative, it's not uncommon, especially if you've got a long-term employee and um, it's been something that's maybe been coordinated. um, Oftentimes maybe a vacation might put somebody into the negative if they've had some sick time that can happen. Typically what an employer will do is as the employee accrues PTO, it essentially brings that PTO or vacation balance back up to zero. And at that point, once they're in the positive, they're able to start using that. The thing to think about, though, is that if an employee leaves your organization after they've gone into the negative, the company's out that money that's been paid out.
0: Do you find that most employees within the PTO bank system would use PTO more often than if they had sick time and vacation time? I'm not
1: sure that I could really say that one would be used more than the other. I can say, though, that PTO is just easier to use for everybody. It's easier for employees to know where they're at rather than them having to keep track of two banks. It's also easier, like I said, for managers and super- supervisors to manage that. And PTO is speaks to the flexibility that so many organizations are trying to do. Some of the 100 best companies in Oregon, some of the things that their employees say about them are that they're flexible and they provide a flexible workplace for their employees to work. So providing a flexible way to take time off, I think just furthers that initiative that many employers have.
0: Any other thoughts about PTO and vacation um, that employers should know about?
1: I think it's just really important if you're thinking about transitioning from the traditional vacation and sick bank to think through all of the implications about how you're going to set that up. And it's a big change for managers and for employees. So if it's something you're thinking about doing, I think making sure that Everything is clearly outlined so that when employees have questions about the change, because they will, that anybody that they ask is able to answer those questions.
0: Our guest today has been Lacey Halpern of Zenium. Thanks for being part of the show. You're welcome. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only, and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.